Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I yet will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. From the land of the Jordan, the height of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. Before Katie and I had kids, we went travelling and we went around Africa and Asia. And as much as we enjoyed it, there became a, a point where we got homesick. We missed certain places, we missed people, we missed certain chocolate bars, we missed home. In our reading that we've had, we see the psalmist missing home. In the commentaries, uh, James M. Boyce said this, he said this of the psalmist that it's not that he doesn't believe that God is everywhere or that God is with him or not with him, sorry. He's praying to the God of the Psalms after all, but it is being away from home that has gotten him down. Well, it's a, a timely reading. The preaching sermon series was set months before we knew anything of the coronavirus before we knew that people would be self-isolating, before we knew that people wouldn't be able to gather together uh, as big groups, to come together as church. And yet we see in this psalm similar feelings. The psalm is longing to be gathered again with people that he knows and loves, longing to be in Jerusalem the context for this is that the psalmist is away from home, unable to go into the temple and worship. I know for many of us who attend church on a Sunday and are used to going and being around people that we know and love, a place where we belong, we too feel that pain. We have a sense of homesickness, if you like. And as people, it's important uh, to recognise that we need to belong. It's important for us to belong somewhere. 
Brené Brown, who is an author and a public speaker, she says this. She says, a deep sense of love and belonging is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically, and spiritually wired to love, to be loved, and to belong. We see in this psalm in verse 2 that the psalmist is saying, my soul thirsts. It hungers. It longs to be back in a place where he can meet God. He says, where can I go to meet God? Again, we feel that. We can't physically go to a church building. And it's right to stay at home, to protect the NHS and to save lives. But we feel that pain. Where can we go to meet with God? The clergy have uh, created a list of people that we we just need to call that might be in the category of of self-isolating or maybe vulnerable at this time. And we're working our way through calling people who might be um, in a place where they'd appreciate a phone call. I called uh, a congregation member uh, last week, and this is somebody that has been at the church since the 1940s, just talked about how he was missing and longing to be back again with the people that he belongs to, gathered in a place where he can meet with God and worship God. Well, in verse 6, the psalmist says that he feels sad, he feels downcast, but he remembers God. He says, I remember you. And there might be a little bit of work to do in finding home. Home might look different for a little while. But there's a real challenge there to find a home from home. The psalmist chooses to remember the things of God. He chooses to remember the things that bring people together, the things that he believes in, that they believe in, that they gather around. And it'd be my prayer, my encouragement, that we remember things like the virtual connect groups that we're doing, the conference calls that we're doing, the courses that are still running, the fact that we can live stream things, that we remember these things and we create a home from home, home familiar things that that help us remember God, remember that we belong, remember that we are part of a community, that we are church scattered rather than church gathered, but that we are still part of a family, that we do still belong, that we remember to pick up scripture, to read scripture, we remember to do these things that people all around the world are doing, that we belong, we find home from home. Secondly then, I think it's important as we look at um, finding God in chaos. Verse 3 and verse 10 in this psalm. The psalmist is faced with difficult and tough questions, hearing difficult, difficult comments like us on the news, maybe things that just aren't encouraging. And some of his friends and foes are saying to him, where is your God? You're feeling down, you're feeling isolated. Where is your God now? For some of us, we may be feeling that too. Where is God in the midst of all these dark clouds? Where is God in the midst of all this pain? Where is God in the midst of this bad news? Maybe you don't typically go to church on a Sunday, but you're intrigued and you're checking in and watching some of these live streams. Maybe you're asking the question, 
like the people in the psalm are asking the psalmist, where is your God? Where is God in the midst of all of this? Maybe your friends, your family, your work colleagues are asking the same question. Where is God? Can you see God in all of this? I remember uh, being in a steam room. uh, And if those of you who have been in a steam room, you can't see much. There's steam all around. It's a bit of a surreal environment. And I remember my older son wandered in, actually, and there was just myself there and and him. And he walked into the steam room and was hit by all this steam. And he, he physically couldn't see anything. And his natural response was to shout out, Daddy, Daddy, I can't see. I can't see anything. And my response was, I know. I know you can't see. But Daddy's here. And I can see. There's a a comment, a quote from Spurgeon who says this about the psalmist that we've just read. He says, the psalmist might rather have said to those asking, where is your God? He might have said to them, where are your eyes? Where is your sight? For God is not only in heaven, but he is in me too. The psalmist In the psalm that we've just read, he says in verse 11, with all of this going on, with the clouds that gather, not being able to maybe see God clearly in the midst of all the chaos, he begins to choose to believe and put his trust and his praise in God. Verse 11 says, I will yet praise you despite all that is going on and we don't understand it and there's no easy answers. But despite it all, yet I will praise you. I will choose to lead myself in worship away from the temple, away from my people. I will choose to still praise and worship God. My encouragement would be to seek God, to find God, to look for God in all the things that are happening, despite all that we read and see and hear. There's a story of a a missionary couple who uh, were married and they went out to a faraway land And the husband would go and speak to people who didn't know about God, didn't know about Jesus. It was quite a hostile place. And one day the husband was out preaching and talking to people about Jesus. And he was persecuted to the point where he was killed. He never returned home. And the the wife, uh, now a new widow, was, was crying and sobbing. And a friend came round, an elderly lady, and she sat with her. And she held her in the arm, in her arms. She comforted her. It wasn't long before the local priest that had gone out there too, he came round. And he stood with them in the midst of the pain as the widow sobbed and sobbed. The widow looked at the priest and she said, where is God? Like in our psalm we've just read, where is God now? Where is God here? The priest thought about her. He looked at the widow He looked at the elderly lady holding the widow and he took his hand and he ran his hand down the arms of the elderly lady holding the widow. And he said, God is here in the arms of the old lady, your friend holding you. We might find God in the midst of chaos, in the arms of the NHS, in the cheers and the applause of the applause of the isolated people who are just cheering for the NHS. 
We might find it in the groups, the social platforms, people rallying together, sharing hope, sharing good news, sharing Jesus and hope in the midst of chaos, holding a light in the midst of darkness. Let me finish with a quote. Charlie Mackesy, uh, in his book, The The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and the Horse, says this. Those are dark clouds, said the boy. Yes, but they will move on, said the horse. The blue sky above never leaves. Let me just pray before we hand over to Mark. Lord, I pray that we would find home from home. We would remember you in the midst of all of this, that we would be encouraging uh, in our phone calls uh, as we interact online. Father, help us, Lord Jesus, to see you and to find you. For those who are asking, where is God? I pray that you would reveal yourself in many creative ways. Help us to be church for each other. Help us to create home for each other. Thank you that you're not removed from this situation but you are with us still, Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of it all, and we look to you. Amen.